Good morning, K Chapel. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Okay, I'm going to try that again. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. Let us give him high praise. Didn't he wake you up this morning? Didn't he start you on your way? Didn't he give you breath in your body this morning? I want to say hallelujah. Is there anybody else that want to say hallelujah? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, here we are again. A few of your servants who do not consider it robbery to come together to fellowship. We are assembling, Lord, in your holy name, giving you all the praise and all of the honor. God, we know that we are nothing more than some filthy rags, but you saw enough in us to spare us another day. And we say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for forgiving us of our sins. Thank you, Lord, for letting us be here in this assembly. And for those who are online with us this morning in worship and praise. Now, God, anoint our pastor. Give him the words that's going to feel our spirits. Let him bring forth the message that will give us the nutrients and the weaponry we need and to go out and tell a dying world that still the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And let us depart this place ready to serve. It is this prayer that we pray in the precious name of Jesus. And all the saints say amen, amen, and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.
Hurricanes Chapel. Sometimes all you can do is tell him thank you for all that he does for us and the many blessings he bestows upon us. Sometimes you just got to say thank you. My name is Deacon Allen, and I'll be leading you in the devotion today. Scriptures will come from Romans chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. It reads as follows. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which of, of the law, but to that also which is of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. May God add a blessing to the readers, doers, and hearers of his word. Please join me in a word of prayer. During this period of devotion, as we come to our God in prayer, we first must say thank you, dear Father. Thank you for giving us the ability and opportunity to gather together in person and virtually to offer our worship and praise. Father, on day five of our personal and corporate journey of 28 days of fasting and praying, we ask that no past sins, pessimistic attitudes, current power, or partisan principalities is allowed to hinder our efforts to draw nearer to thee. Dear God, accept our fasting as a love offering that allows us to be unapologetically intentional and putting you first in our lives like never before. We fast and we pray. We pray for wisdom, spiritual growth, and discernment. We fast and we pray for comforting from grief, joy in the midst of sorrow, healing in the presence of pain. We fast and we pray for humility, compassion, and a heart that forgives. We fast and we pray for repentance of sin, broken strongholds, and deliverance. Merciful Father, we fast and we pray for protection, direction, and restoration. Restoration of light in the darkest, most secret places of our lives. As we fast and as we pray, restore the afflicted who call upon the name of Jesus. For we all have sinned and fall short of your glory. We fast and we pray for a stronger, more passionate, soul-stirring and earth-moving relationship with you, Eternal Father. Finally, Father, as we go into corporate worship, may your words flow from the mouth of your messenger, bringing spiritual food for the nourishment of our collective souls that we may be encouraged. And then we leave this house of worship, we leave on a path toward restoration as we continue to fast and pray. Amen. Amen. Let the church say amen. Come on, let's say amen again. Can we put those hands together and bless the name of the Lord? Anybody got a thank you in your heart this morning? Anybody got a reason to tell the Lord thank you? Has he been good? Has he made a way? Has he opened any doors? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Can we worship? Can we worship? Let's go into a little thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, 
this morning. Girl Scout cookies are now on sale. Uh oh, did anybody else say that? Pastor dear. <laughs> you can see one of our Girl Scout leaders. Would you raise your hands? Girl Scout leaders. I see three over here so that you can place your order today. The circle of meekness is still collecting supplies to support victims of domestic violence. You can drop those donations off in the small old fellowship hall. 
Now, I, I, De- Deacon, you prayed us on this here 28 days of fasting. Uh, we, we know that we are in the beginning of it. And if you like me, I had to pray mighty last night not to eat something. I made it. I made it. Yield not to temptation. All right. So make sure that you are fasting with purpose, that you are fasting with a plan, and that you are fasting in good health. Amen. Now, this is February 1st Sunday. Do we have any February babies in the house? All right, that was one that was happy to be born. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And our orchestra is going to give you that great song. Happy birthday. a special birthday greeting. Now we do have a special birthday in our family and he is not here with us and we would have had a little special picture of him this morning if our uh, media camera was working but you can send send out a a shout to him that I hope he's listening online this morning is Brother Ira Roberts. And Brother Our Roberts will be 103. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And the note says that Mr. Roberts became a member of Cade Chapel in 1952. Do I have any math experts? That is 71 years he has been a member here at K Chapel. And we want to recognize that on February 10th, there will be a big celebration. And, and Dr. Green, I don't know if you still have any of those cards with you, but she's been passing cards around if anybody wants to send a card to his birthday celebration next Saturday. At this time, we will have one of our own Judge Tabitha Britton will come and give us comments, um, Judge Britton, about her re-election. Good morning, everyone. I am your Hines County Justice Court Judge in District 2, and it has been an honor and a pleasure to serve you for the past seven years. That means I've been in office for two terms, but I am now seeking a third term. So I am asking for you to reelect me on August 8th. I have been your judge to serve you on the bench as well as in the community. I have been to Selma, Alabama last uh, last night, yesterday evening, my family, friends, we were in Selma, and we were taking care and servicing the people of Selma who had the tornado to hit them and hit them hard. But I've been dedicated in this position, on the bench and off the bench. That means I've been there serving you. So I look forward to continue to serving you, the citizens of Hines County, for another four years. Thank you. 
Amen, amen. Now I relinquish this podium to the dynamic Reverend Don, who will give you the instructions of the hour. What introduction that was. <laughs> Lord have mercy, thank God. Good morning, Kay Chapel. Well, it's Tyson off the time. This is the time where we all get the opportunity to bless the Lord through our giving. We understand that fully worship God does include our offering, which is given three for primary reasons. First, as a demonstration of our obedience to God's word. Second, as a sign of giving thanksgiving for God providing provisions for all our needs. And third, simply because we want to see the kingdom of God grow through the missions and ministries that occur here, throughout our city, our state, and even our nation, and even around the world through K Chapel. Now, there are multiple ways in which you can give. You can give traditionally envelope system. You can mail that in, or you can drop it off by the office. Or you also can use the K Chapel app. Now, for those of you that are with us by way of live stream, you too have the opportunity to bless the Lord through your giving by utilizing the number that's on your stream. So how much you give and whichever way you decide to give, we do encourage you to do so without grudging or of necessity. For God loves us. God bless you.
please join me in a word of prayer. Father God, you are the maker of heaven and earth and all therein. You are an abundant God, and out of your great mercy, you have given us much. Accept the tithes and offerings we present to you today. Enable us to apply biblical principles of stewardship so we can continue blessing others and supporting your ministry. May our sincere desire to be good stewards bring a sweet smell to your nostrils and joy to your heart. Let all in agreement say amen. If you have not told the Lord thank you this morning, you need to do it right now. Now is the perfect time to say thank you, Lord, because he is so wonderful. You see, I say that because each one of you, every one of you have your own story to be told. Every one of you have your own song that only you can sing. So if you've not told the Lord thank you yet this morning, you need to do so right now. For right now, Pastor, I don't believe we have enough time this morning. Listen, many of you don't know, but in 2020, March 28th of 2020, I went into the hospital with COVID. And let me tell you something for those people who don't believe it's real. Listen, it's real. If I could take just a minute, Pastor, just a minute. It's taken me 22 months to be able to just tell you about it, to be able to talk about it. You see, March 15th, 2020, I went to a motorcycle rally. March 16th, I went to work was working part-time at O'Reilly's Auto Parts. And while I was showing a man, an older gentleman, a part, 
explaining to him how it worked, he coughed in my face. Now, I didn't think anything of it at the time. And the only reason I remember that is because on his way out the door, he turned slightly and said, He turned and said, beware of those germs. Now, I didn't think anything about it at the time, but then it dawned on me, COVID. So I ran to the bathroom, washed my hands and face and everything. However, two days later, March 18th, I was at MEA clinic with symptoms of a sinus infection. And my, every time I get a sinus infection, it, I lose my equilibrium. And I just knew it was a sinus infection. However, on the 28th of March, I was in the hospital fighting for my life. Listen, let me tell you something. If you don't believe there's a God, if you don't believe there's a God, listen to me and listen to me very closely. I went into the hospital approximately 12 o'clock midnight. I went in the hospital with 90% oxygen in my blood. However, four o'clock that afternoon, I had 50% oxygen in my blood. At eight o'clock that night, they called my wife and told her that they'd done all that they could do. But they were down to their last two options. And the option they chose was the one God had for me. They tell you about the pains, the muscle pains. Mine was so bad, I was passing out. They tell you about the lack of oxygen. It was as if I was underwater, run out of oxygen, trying to struggle and get to the top to get a fresh breath of air. All this went on for two days. But if you want to know how bad the pain was, just think of the worst Charlie horse you ever had in your life. Multiply that pain times 10 and give it to you from your head to your feet all at the same time. Listen, y'all, I thought I was losing my mind because even when I was passed out, I could feel the pain. But I want to tell you one little thing. While the doctors were talking to my wife, I went to God to plead my case for death. I went as an attorney would go into court to plead a case. I went with life in my left hand. I went with death in my right. On my way to visit, to see God, to plead my case, to take my life, because I asked him to take it, it was that bad. I expected somewhere to see on the horizon a silhouette, a silhouette in bright sunlight of the angels coming to greet me to take me to heaven. That didn't happen. I kept walking to it was pure darkness. But I knew 
that I was in the presence of God. Shortly after that, that door opened and I proceeded to plead my case. God listened to every word I had to say. When I was finished, death was off the table. And that door closed. And he said these words to me. He said, my grace is sufficient. But now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait just a minute. You see, he told Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. But me, he said, my grace is sufficient. And I wondered about that. Two days later, Christ told me why. He told me, he said, it's a good thing that I did not accept your plea for death because this would not have happened. And what he did was he turned and did this. When I turned to look around, I saw people like yourselves. People from all different levels of life, different countries, just people. Then I understood why he said his grace was sufficient because it wasn't just for me, it was for all of you. So when you hear me read this report on Sunday morning, this is because this is what I've been chosen to do. And I will tell you, as I told him, for as long as I live, until you tell me something else, for as long as I live, I will make sure at least one person smiled every day. Now listen, this is the only opportunity I've had to tell all of you, thank you for your prayers. Because they were felt. Because let me tell you, Sunday morning, I woke up briefly to find out my phone had locked. And you know, I got one of those young nurses to reboot it for me. Listen, y'all. I had 199 emails. I had 99 text messages from area codes I know nothing about. So I say to all of you, thank you. Wherever you are, thank you. Because God is real. No matter what you say, God is real. I guess I can get on with this morning's report. Listen, there are people that are in need of your prayers. And I ask that you pray for them as you prayed for me. I ask that you keep the Mason, the Wallace, the Brown, and the Westbrook families in your prayers. We have those that have recently lost, lost loved ones. You see, on last Sunday, I reported that Sister Kadada Brown lost her grandmother and that her name was Miss Imelda Brown. That was incorrect. 
Her grandmother's name was Miss Ollie Mae Anderson, and that funeral was held on yesterday, I'm sorry, Friday, February 3rd, at New Mount Zion MB Church here in Jackson. The funeral for Reverend Benny Wallace, the father of Sister Sharon Mason and Brother Zach Wallace, was held on Thursday, February 2nd, here in Jackson. Brother Ira Lee Roberts, who you just heard, will turn 103 years old, lost his sister, Mrs. Antha Roberts Armstead, who was 101 years old. The arrangements for Mrs. Armstead are incomplete at this time and will be shared with you as they are made known to us. We have also in the hospital, the nursing home, or in rehab, Brother Kelvin Roselle, Sister Cynthia Buchanan, Brother Walter Cheatham, Sister Christy Wright Jones, Sister Gloria Greer, Sister Jackie Simmons, Deaconess Minnie Ellis, Sister Wilma Jean Chaffee, and Brother Benny Larry. We have recovering at home Mr. Aaron Thompson Sr., Sister Frankie Johnson, Sister Marilyn Langford, Brother Charles Hodge, Sister Polly Johnson Wilson, Sister Demetria Davenport, Sister Anita Shaw, Brother Levi McBride, Brother Al Levy, Sister Sharon Turner Davis, Sister Shirley Swims, Brother Al Buchanan, and Brother Sammy Henderson. We also have, we have asking for prayer is Brother John Sanders and Mr. Dwight Riley. I received a note this morning that Brother uh, Eddie Dawson is requesting prayer for his sister, Minnie Williams, who, who lives in San Diego, California. And guess what? She will turn 90, I'm sorry, she turned 90 years old on January 28th. So you know there is a God. Listen, pray when you can, visit where you can, and each day, Thank God that you can. Amen. Amen.
is a keeper. He keeps us. In life storms, he keeps us. Through dark nights, he keeps us. Along this tedious journey, he keeps on keeping us. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm glad about it. I'm glad that he keeps me. Truth of the matter is, I can't keep myself. Maybe you've gotten there, but I, I can't keep me. But I know a God who can. And I know a God who walks with me. Songwriter said, he walks with me. He talks with me. And he tells me that I'm his. <laughs> my God, my God today. The joy we share as we tarry there. My God, my God. Thank you, Powell, for sharing your testimony with us. Somebody ought to give God praise this morning. A lot of you did not know just how close and how serious of a condition Reverend Powell was in. I stopped by this morning to tell you and remind you God is able. Romans chapter 4 I want to zero in on verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. I want to talk from the subject, fully persuaded that God is able. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, fully persuaded that God is is able when you know what you know there is a certain blessedness and a certain assurance that comes with that knowledge there's a confidence that will bring peace and comfort, even in the midst of chaos, in the midst of question and consternation, when you know what you know. There's a quiet peace and a sweet rest that one has even in the midst of a storm pal when you know what you know 
And my prayer for you this morning is that each of you would come to the place in your faith journey where there are some things that you just know that you know. I pray that you grow to the place where you are fully persuaded in the things of God and in the word of God because when you are fully persuaded, it does not matter what you're dealing with. When you are fully persuaded, it does not matter the problem you face when you are fully persuaded the issues and the situations of life will not pull you from the foundations of your faith when you're fully persuaded paul 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 used this language he said be steadfast unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord. In other words, there ought to be a firmness in your faith journey that keeps you grounded, keeps you secure, and keeps you sure and certain in the God of our salvation. For if you are fully persuaded, life storms should not cause you to panic because you know that he who holds your hand can also hold back the wind when you're fully persuaded even in the midst of the storm you know that you got a storm watcher and a storm walker because he can not only hold back the wind but push down the waves when you are fully persuaded the fires of this life should not disturb you knowing that he who covers you can also take the heat out of the flame and keep the smoke out of your clothes so that you don't even smell like what you've been through when you're fully persuaded. Fully persuaded the floods of life won't scare you knowing that the flood waters will not overcome you or overshadow you but that with his love he will lift you and keep you above it all. As believers, we don't need to be partially persuaded, somewhat persuaded, almost persuaded, but you need to be fully persuaded. That granddad and grandmama would say you ought to be flat-footed persuaded you, you 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 ought to be able to stand and know what you know without any without any question without any doubt without anything coming against you fully persuaded that no matter how impossible it seems no matter how impractical it is, no matter how incredible, implausible, unbelievable, un or unfeasible it is, God is able to handle it. I told y'all a few weeks ago that, that, that you ought not let what happens in your life to shake you or shift you because God can handle all of the happenings of your life. Why? Because he's able. I, Paul, I'm fully persuaded. I know for myself that he's able. And I'm not by myself. Somebody else here knows he's able. You, you've been down and he 
lifted you. You've been sick and he healed you. You've been empty and he filled you. You've been lost and he found you. You've been hated and he loved you. You've been stressed and he settled you. You've been broke and he provided for you. You've been weak and he strengthened you. You've been on your way to hell but he saved you. You've been emotionally drained, financially strapped, relationally tapped and God restored you and you can be a witness this morning that God is able Till I'm fully persuaded. I'm fully persuaded that God is able. Fully persuaded. Now, I, I don't know everything, but this I know. He's able. I, I can't answer every question, but I know he's able. I can't give you a solution to every problem, but I know he's able. There are some things I may not know. There are some places I cannot, but I'm sure of two things God is real and God is able I'm sure I'm fully I'm fully persuaded he's real and he's able what 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 makes you so convinced preacher God is able what what causes you to stand there flat-footed and deny and declare that God is able? First of all, because his word declares it. Second Corinthians 9 and 8 says, My God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you would always have all sufficiency in all things that you may abound unto every good work. Ephesians 3 and 20, God is able. To do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that works in you. Jude 1 and 24, now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before his presence with exceeding joy. I'm persuaded that he's able. Able. Because his word says... The promises of God are yea and amen. I'm persuaded that he's able because the Bible says that his word shall not return unto him void but shall accomplish the thing whereunto he said, I'm persuaded he's able. Because God is not man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent. And like Abraham, I... I'm fully persuaded that what he promised, he is able to perform. For there is no lack in God's power. There is no shortage of God's might. There is no deficit in God's strength. There is no deficiency in God's authority. There is no shortage in God's capacity. There is no insufficiency in God's ability. God is able. He's able. My prayer for you this morning is that you would have these three things that Paul reminds us of as it relates to our faith in God's ability, that you would have unquestionable faith, 
that you would have uncompromising faith and that you would have unreasonable faith. Let, let me deal with this unquestionable faith. Verse 16, when you get home and you study this passage, 16 through 21, verse 16 says, Therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but also to that which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Long, long before Abraham became the father of many nations, Abraham was just a man with a promise. Before Isaac and Jacob came through him, he was just a man with a promise. Before he became the celebrated patriarch of the Christian faith, Abraham was Abram, just a man walking with a promise. But the promise that he had was not from another man. It was a promise given to him by God. God told him one day, Abram, get out of your father's house. Go to a land that I'm going to show you. What's the name of the land? Don't worry about that. Just go and I'll show you. Which direction? Just start walking. I'll navigate your path. Make sure you end up in this land that I'll show you. He says, and Abram, I'm going to bless those who bless you. If you trust me, I'll curse those who curse you. And at the age of 75, Abram leaves the land of Ur with his wife, his nephew, his livestock, only with a promise. He had what I call unquestionable faith. Now, now be clear. Having an unquestionable faith does not mean having a faith without questions. Can I, can I preach this? Abram's, Abram's faith was unquestionable in that he trusted God. He believed God. He was absolutely sure of what God said to him. His faith in God was unquestionable. But he still had some questions. Wish y'all would talk to me in here. Chapter 15 of Genesis, Abram asked God a question. He said, how can I be sure that I will possess this great land? Abraham says, now listen, Lord, don't get it twisted. Just because I'm asking questions doesn't mean I don't trust you. I, I just got some questions. 
Wish I had some real folk in here who wouldn't mind testifying that you trust God, but you still got... You, you believe God, but you still got some... Come on and talk to me if you can. You, you're holding to God's unchanging hand, but along the way, you still... I got some questions. I'm going with you, but, but I can't get how you're going to pull this thing off. I'm, I, I'm trusting you, but I don't know how you're going to turn this thing around. I just got some questions. I don't know how you feel about it this morning, but I'm glad that asking God questions does not contradict having an unquestionable faith. Abraham followed the Lord instructing instructions trusting in him but he raises the question of how how lord i believe you're gonna do it i just want to know how because i'm 70 and sarah ain't no spring I believe you're going to do it, but I know what you're working with, so. So I just want to know how. Wish I had a witness in here. And, and, and that's when God enrolls Abram in the school of, 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 of Covenant Academy and, and enrolls him in Faith 101 and sits him down in the lecture hall and starts teaching him about his promises. Abraham got to listen to God but started daydreaming and went off to sleep. You know how some of y'all did in class. He went to sleep and, but God didn't stop working with it. In a vision, the Lord showed him something. The fact that God had made a covenant agreement with Abraham, well, let me say it another way. He made a covenant agreement about Abraham with himself. God said, I I'm going to promise you something that's not based on you. I I'm going to make a promise about you, but it doesn't have to do with you. Oh, shucks. Some, you missed your shout because there are a few of us who can testify that God has blessed us in spite of us. That, that, that God's promise didn't have anything to do with your performance. That, that, that God's promise was based on him and him alone because if it were based on your performance, you'd have blown it a long time ago. Is there anybody in this house that can testify today and be glad about the fact that there's some promises that God made that were about you but wasn't based on you? God said, I'm going to make this promise, but it's all about me and my purpose for you. Good God Almighty. You, you can sit there and look at me funny if you want to. But I'm not too ashamed to admit that I've been blessed and it didn't have anything to do with me. 
God opened some doors and it didn't have anything to do with how good I was acting or how good I was performing or how much I did to keep his will. But God just blessed me anyhow because of promises that he made himself. God said, I'm going to bless you. And this blessing is based on who I am. It's my covenant that I'm making for you, about you, but it's between me and me alone. Somebody missed their shout. My God. That's good news, y'all. That God looks at some of the things that he wants to happen in our lives. And he says about them, these are so critical and crucial that I'm not leaving them up. Said, I, th this is not a covenant between you and me. He says, this is a covenant between me and myself. About you. And that's one reason, that's one reason, y'all, why y'all need to stop looking at other folks' blessings. Trying to figure out why God is so good to them. Because it ain't got nothing to do with them, really. God says, I'm blessing them because that's my promise about them made between me and me alone. Quit, quit trying to figure out how somebody got to where they got to. God decided that that's what he wanted to do. And if God wanted to bless them like that, that's God's business. If God wanted to hook them up like that, that's his business. Let the Lord do what God wants to do and be content with what God did for you. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying, yes, there are some blessings, yes, that are performance-based, but there are other blessings that are purpose-driven. And when God's purpose is involved, your performance I'm, I'm through when, when God's purpose is to bless you I serve a God who will bless you in spite of you when his purpose is to make you a great nation he'll make you a great nation even when you're not acting like a great man when his purpose secondly, secondly not only do you need an unquestioning faith, but you need an uncompromising faith. Uncompromising faith. And uncompromising faith, my brothers and sisters, does not come easy. Because the enemy, hear me, the enemy is always trying to get you to compromise. Always. That's what he did with Jesus in the wilderness. He's trying to get Jesus to compromise 
Compromise his power. Compromise his purpose. Compromise even his person. Listen to him. If you are. I know what they say about your person, but, but if you are the son of God. And, and what I like to say about this particular temptation is that Jesus is re resisting the temptation of being bullied. If you are who they say you are. And I dare you, turn these stones in the breeze. They, they say, they call you Jesus, the son of God. If, if you are that person, I double dog dare you. Turn them in the bread. And Jesus resists the temptation of being bullied into doing something for the devil. He does not compromise. Jesus resisted not only the temptation of being bullied, but he also resisted the temptation of being bought. The devil said to him, you see these kingdoms? You see these nations? You see all this wealth? All this gold? All you got to do is bow down. Worship me and and all of this, I'll give it to you. You know, there are a lot of folk who would have struck a deal with the devil that day. You ain't talking to me. A lot of folk would have been selling out for a lot cheaper than that. Wish y'all would come on and go with me here. A lot of people who will compromise themselves and their values and their morals for the right amount of money. Politicians are bought for their votes. Judges are bought for their decisions. Preachers are bought for their endorsements. Leaders are bought for their support. But if you are a believer, you ought to have some uncompromising faith. You, you ought to be able to look stuff in the eye and say, I can't be bought. No, no, this is too important. I can't be bought. This, is, this costs too much. I can't be bought. This, this is too critical of an issue. I can't be bought. I can't sell Jackson out. I can't be bought. I can't sell this. I can't be bought. Take that somewhere else. Cut a deal with somebody else. But as for me and my house, we won't be bought. We will not compromise. As believers, you need a faith that can't be bought off. A faith that should not be sold for a bowl of pottage. A faith that cannot be tossed for temporary pleasures of the faith. And, and to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, Abraham has challenges on this very point. As you recall, 
And as time went on, as the years passed by, Abraham and Sarah remained childless. They got the promise at 75, and at 99, they were still childless. So much so that at a point, they decided to intervene and help God out. Be careful about trying to help God, about help God out. How are you? And your little self gonna help God. God, who created this whole world by just speaking it into existence, you gonna help God out. God, who holds the world in the palm of His hand, you gonna help God out. They 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 said, let's help God out, and they come up with a plan to conceive a child through Sarah. Through Sarah's maid, uh, Hagar, a son, Ishmael is born. And Abram was ready. Here's the point. Abram was ready to settle for what he and Sarah decided. They were ready to settle for what they decided rather than what God promised. I need to tell somebody, don't get in too big of a hurry. That you get in front of God. Because when you get impatient, you will compromise what the Lord has promised. And when you compromise what God has promised, you will settle for what you can see. And give up on what you can't. When you compromise the promise, you'll take the stuff that will just do. rather than the things that God is doing. When you compromise, you'll accept what's all right rather than what God has declared shall be so. Let God bring everything that he intends for you to you. Wait on the Lord. Don't get in too big of a hurry. Wait on the Lord. Don't get in front of him. Wait on the Lord. And I'm a witness that if you wait on him, he'll bring into your life what he promised. And you won't have to try to help him. You, you, you won't have to try to manufacture your own blessing. You... You won't have to try to hook it up and, and let something do rather than what God has ordained. Wait on the Lord. Last thing and I'm done. Abraham demonstrates in this text what I call an unreasonable faith. Unreasonable faith. Verse 19 says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Abram says, I'm getting older. 
Sarah ain't missing no birthday. Both of us are well past. No, we, we passed of age a long time ago. We're well past childbearing years. For 25 years, he had to believe when there was no evidence that somehow God was able. For 25 years, he had to trust where there had been no sign of conception that God was able. For 25 years, he had to hope against hope that God was able. I heard somebody say, Abraham, why don't you just give up? This thing is over. You're looking foolish right now. Talking about God going to give you a child. You on your walking stick. She on hers. What you talking about? Abraham, sit down. Sarah, fix your weed. Leave that silly talk alone, y'all. Get somewhere and enjoy your golden years. Enjoy Ishmael. At least you got some son you can call your own. Go on and sit down. Abraham hopes against hope. He has an unreasonable faith. And I'm through when I tell you this. Unreasonable faith is faith that can look at the facts and yet believe in the Father. I'm done. Unreasonable faith is a faith that can look the facts square in the eyes, know what you're up against, understand the statistics and the odds that are working against you, and yet still believe the Father. Unreasonable faith is a faith that understands the odds and yet trusts the omnipotence. Faith, unreasonable faith is faith that understands the statistics and yet still believes in the Savior. It is a faith that defies reason. People will always tell you, you ought to be reasonable. And yes, there's a place for reason. There's a time for reason. But don't ever let reason get in the way of unreasonable faith. What do you mean, preacher? I'm saying that with all of the reason, you ought to be able to testify that whatever I'm looking at, that distracts and discounts what God has said. Even though that thing might be real, there is another reality. If you've been with me for more than five years, you've heard me preach about the duality of realities. And all that is is you be a, being able to look at a set of two facts. There is this fact. 
but there is also another fact make it plain preacher yeah I, I got cancer that might be your fact but I also have Christ that's another fact it's a duality of reality and I don't let one set of facts outweigh my faith do I have a witness here duality of realities means that in the final analysis I'm going to go with my faith oh Lord it does not mean that I'm going to deny this reality but what it means is I'm gonna stand on this reality it does not mean that I'm not going to give credence and credibility to this reality but it does mean that I'm going to trust and stand and lean on this reality do I have a witness here and when I'm standing on this reality that can help me deal with this reality oh shucks when I trust God it can help me look at my trouble when I believe God it can help me deal with my burdens when I hope in God it can help me handle my hurts is there anybody in here who can testify today that I got some duality of realities but through it all I'm gonna trust God through it all I'm gonna believe God through it all, I'm going to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Say it. Abraham said, listen, I'm done. He said, he, Paul says, he hoped against hope. It means everything was saying no. But for some reason, he heard God. saying yes his body said no but his God said yes his friend said no but his father said yes his family said Abraham give this thing up but, but his God said Abraham keep on walking with me I'm going to show you what I can do I want you to be fully persuaded that God is able. He's able. He's able. He's able. He's able. God is able. Can anybody be a witness? Come on, y'all. God is able.
Abel, are you fully persuaded that he's able? Let me see your hands if you're fully persuaded. Don't be like King Agrippa. Pastor just preached a good sermon. And then Paul had preached a good sermon. And then King Agrippa said, I was almost persuaded to be a Christian. Mama told me when I was a boy, Joe Jr., 99 and a half won't do. When it comes to God's son, you got to have a hundred. The doors of the church is open. The doors open. If your name is not on the church road, the doors are open to you. And if you are in the middle of deciding to join a church, the doors are open to you. You can come by a letter. It can be by Christian experience. And for those of you who may be in school here at Jackson State, Tougaloo, or some other school, Mississippi College, you can come on our Watch Care program. And for those of you that are at home listening, you can, there's a number on the screen. You can call us and someone will take your call. But the door's open. Be fully persuaded. Don't be almost persuaded. Tomorrow may be too late. He's able. He's able today, just like he was with Abraham and Sarah. God is not short of his word. And for those of you who want prayer, maybe there's something happening in your life or someone's life that you know. We have ministers here who will pray with you and pray for you. Is that someone who's one in prayer? You can join these ministers and they will pray with you and they will pray for you. The doors are open. Will you come? Don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed. Be persuaded. If you deny him before men, he'll deny you before the Father which art in heaven. Be persuaded that I need prayer. Come on down. I've decided, I've decided. You ready to make the choice this morning to become a member of Cade Chapel? God bless you. You ready to make a choice this morning to give your life to Christ? You come this morning. They're coming. God bless you. They're coming. God bless you. Good to see you this morning. They're making decisions. They're making decisions. They're not by themselves. Somebody else. You make the decision this morning. No turning back. No turning back. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. No turning back. Come on. Come on, everybody sing this morning. I have decided. I have decided. Somebody needs to make the choice this morning to follow. I'm making a decision this morning. I'm fully persuaded. I 
100% I've decided now. I'm going to give my life to it. I'm going to be a part of this church. I'm, I'm going to say yes to the Lord, yes to his will, yes to his way. I've done it my way long enough. Lord, I'm yours. I'm deciding this morning. And I'm not turning back. No turning. No turning. No turning. No turning. No turning. Come on, stand to your feet. Don't no, go with the world behind me. And I'm going to keep the cross before me. I'm putting the world behind me. The world. And I'm going to walk with the cross in front of me. Decided, I've decided. I have decided oh. to follow Jesus. I've decided, I've decided. Right now, today, I've decided. Right now, right now, right now. Oh, bless his name, I've decided. to take our leave this morning we want to be in prayer yes for all that Reverend Powell told us about we also want to be in prayer for our city and I'm going to dare say be in prayer for our state for those who are trying to do evil. That God would somehow change hearts and minds. I'm also going to pray that we as the people of God would stand in faith and without fear for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power 
to talk to me yet. So, 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 this week is particularly important. February 9th is my understanding of the deadline when certain bills that have been written that could negatively impact Jackson. February 9th is the deadline when those bills have to be moved or they will die. And you know, some stuff need to die. Be in prayer. Be informed. And if necessary, be available. Be in prayer, be informed, and if necessary, be available. Amen? We'll let you know if it's necessary. Amen? Father, we thank you. You are the able God. We thank you that you hear and you answer our prayers. We thank you that you lead, never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, right now we do pray for our city. You know all of the actors, good and bad. You know all of the actions, positive and negative. You know all of the motivations. So Lord, we pray now, we are your people, the sheep of your pastures. And so God, we pray now that you interrupt, interrupt the schemes, interrupt the plots, Interrupt the divisive plans of the enemy that would rob, steal, kill, and destroy. Interrupt it now. Protect your people and restore unto us that which you have promised us. Lord, we hope against hope. And we stand on your promises for you are able and now may the grace of God the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest rule and abide with each of you now henceforth and forevermore in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit amen and amen God bless you go in peace